to the season four wrap up of Yeah, We Read It. I am one of your hosts, Maggie. And I'm your other host, Laura. And this is it. This is our final thoughts on The Hunger Games, The Ballad of Songbirds and Snakes, the prequel, and all and, three and in the, the trilogy. Everything Hunger Games, this is the wrap up. And Maggie, I do have something really special to say leading into this episode. Sexy. Are you ready for it? Yep. This is the 50th episode of Yeah, We Read It. Whoa. Isn't that crazy? What are we going to do for our quarter quill? Oh my God, we missed it. <laughs> Does the, this, oh. Yeah. <laughs> well, this would be one of them. This we would be one of them. We didn't do it. Who cares? Uh, for the, our quarter quell, we are going to fight to the death live on this podcast. Yeah, it's going to be a lot of muffled <laughs> and a like, lot of grunts. And then we have like some weird sexy noises in between like a... <laughs> We're just trying to keep the audience on their toes. We gotta keep them entertained. Exactly. (laughs) Um, So yeah, let's dive in. We spent the past, you know, what, eight episodes doing Hunger Games time. We've spent the past eight episodes doing the Hunger Games. We've been watching them too alongside Yeah, yeah. Check out Please Make This if you want to listen to us dive into the movies. We really talk book to movie adaptations and that, which I think is really cool of us. I think so too. Um... So I'm going to I'm going to start off with this thought cuz I have to get it off my chest. Reading the prequel, yes. Really I made me feel so detached from the first three books that we read that mm-hmm. like it, it feels so long ago suddenly. Yes. Even though like we read this book pretty quick to get these episodes out. Yeah. And it's like I remember being so invested and so engaged in those first three books and now it's just like it feels so long ago that I'm just like, what did we even read? Yeah, I would say for the amount of setup in Ballads of Songbirds and Snakes that don't really go anywhere, it was really disappointing because, yeah. I mean, you guys can go back and listen to those episodes if you want. It doesn't illustrate how President Snow became, but I thought that the purpose of the book more so was to teach us how the Hunger Games got so extravagant so lavish so, so corporate yeah and it, it it had a little bit of its 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 beginnings its in there. roots yeah, yeah but it's like none of the ballad of songbirds and snakes made sense for everything that we knew you know it felt like um like ryan was saying like suzanne was just trying to give reasons and explanations for things that like nobody really needed or asked for yeah but it to make it, it suddenly that this games that have been around for 75 years that it was like one person who was doing all of those like uh extra details mm-hmm. uh on it was just it was weird and unbelievable and it really it made me dislike the book and also took us out of the world a ton yeah. by being like there's a whole country of people, and this has been going on for so long, and oh yes, the origins, it was just one person, one person to blame, and it's like, in this world, we need a group of people to attack, and now you're making it, it's yes. just a family. It really does completely absolve anyone at the top of blame, Yeah, and that's what The Hunger Games is all about, right? It's all about... The people and the citizens who are not being represented by their government yeah. going against their government. And, uh it sucks. And that government can't be a government if it's just solely backed by one person. And it was it was seeming like the prequel is just all snow is evil. But there's yeah. a lot of players that are equal and um, careless with their privilege. And that's really, like, something we talk about in Mockingjay was when we, you know, emphasize that it's, like, President Coyne, leader of the rebellion, still isn't a virtuous 
person. Yes. She's also a villain. Yeah. And that was done so well in Mockingjay. Mm-hmm. And again, we just like water it down with the being like, it's just one person's fault. LOL. Yes. So it just, it did suck uh, to have this um, be a thing. <laughs> I am curious because it seems like a lot of people, when I go on Twitter to see if Ballads of Songbirds and, and Snakes is trending, a lot of people do tweet about it. So I think a lot of people have read it. Yeah, and we did too. Yeah, we read it. It gave us, all it gave us getting into the trilogy was just, it gave know, us It things, gave us stuff we didn't need. Like things that made The Hunger Games The Hunger Games. Yeah, and it, it um, how would you compare this experience? Because I feel like we had similar thoughts and feelings after we read the, um. Extras? Extras for the Uglies trilogy. Mm. Um, I will say I hated extras a whole lot more. Yes, I liked that this one at least had roots in it. Yeah. I can see, and not only do you get that, but you kind of get the beginnings of the war a little bit, because they are fresh off the Dark Days war. That's true. So you get that both the capital has been, like, actually really hurt by the rebels responding, and... You know, it kind of shook their citizens to the point of being fucking cannibals. Yeah. Both sides really suffered, so both... Well, not one side obviously didn't want law and order, but one side did want law and order. And then, for you. And then we got... Exactly. <laughs> and then we got into the trilogy, and it explains why. It's just the prequel just didn't do a good the, job. The prequel just didn't do a good job. Um, Let's loop back. Let's talk about the original... Like, the first three books. I would books. love to. Because I feel like we could spend circles and circles and hours and days talking about all the things that really missed the mark in this prequel. Yeah. And I really think we do need to touch on the, uh, like, the good parts of this uh, world that yeah. we that we got to be a part of for a few weeks. What were some things that you... Um... Like, that maybe it filled in a little bit for you, I guess. From this book? Yeah, as building a base for the trilogies. Um, I don't think anything necessary. Okay. I mean, we got everything we needed from the first chapter in the first Hunger Games book. There was a war, there was the dark days, now this games exist. It is kind of wild that it was always the games were conceived by children and then kind of perpetuated yeah. by children well, in and the I capital. Think, I think Suzanne Collins in this is trying to insinuate that all children are pawns in this game. Yeah. And, like, the children of the capital are still victims mm-hmm. by making them be in charge of this. Yeah. And they're ingraining them violence, and then we're still ingraining that violence in, our ca- uh, in the rest of Panem. Yes. And I think that is really what she was getting at, is that um, we're raising our children to just continue the war for us. Yeah. Um, and I, I don't think that really hit hit on the head. I do love, though, I, I love that this gave us a little bit of background into the past, because you can see the, the wage gap or whatever, the inequality gap between where this ends and where Hunger Games begins yeah. is, like, District 12 is doing fucking bad. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, like, District 12 in this book seems very much like, uh, yeah, well, it's a district. It's a district. Um, I want to open and we're at the end of, like... End of society. Like, society yeah. is top one. And yeah. that's what made the Hunger Games such high stakes. Yeah. The great thing about, like, Hunger Games, the Hunger Games trilogy, is that it really starts at the top of the roller coaster. Like, yeah. when that, it, it is accelerated up to the top of the hill, and it is about to go down, loop-de-loop, twists and turns. Yeah. And it does a really good job of capturing the highs and lows of this, you know, um, uh, post-apocalyptic adventure. Mm-hmm. Um I want to talk about 
Katniss. Let's talk about Katniss because she is our main character for three books. What are an inspiration? Quite honestly, out of all, all of the um, protagonists from all of our seasons, you know, Tally, Massey, Reed, I almost forgot her name. That's fair. <laughs> um, I would say Katniss is easily the most, not only believable, but relatable as well. So relatable. And the fact that she hides her emotions under pressure all the time is so devastating and so oldest child. Yeah, it, yeah. We really, really understand that Katniss is unable to cope with a lot of things and unable to express a lot of things just because of her own upbringing yeah and I think it was such like a almost like a cool way to explain like mental health yeah um without like being like Katniss is mentally ill she would just sometimes have PTSD yeah it's like we really got a traumatized character that we wanted the best for and none of none of the first three books felt like it was ever hitting something too hard. Yeah, it never felt like... Like, she definitely trusted her audience. Yeah, exactly. And it never felt like um, Suzanne was overdoing it and making it, like, almost like an unbelievably traumatized character. Yeah. It was, like, it was very much... It felt like I was reading a real person who went through something traumatizing, trying to get through all of these other obstacles in their way. Yeah. Always just trying to get through the next day. Yeah. Like, she never... And, you know, I, I do love that it never really betrays her emotions because you don't really get a lot of it and you're always needing something from her. Yeah. But I feel like she is just so distant because everyone needs something from Katniss. Exactly. Like, Katniss has, is, is the big sister. She has to provide for yeah. her family and now she suddenly has to provide for the world. Like, that's yeah. an ins- I couldn't do that at 17. No, absolutely not. <laughs> um, okay, we do have to talk about, because I know going into this season, you were stark team PETA. Yeah. Listen, I'm I'm still for my baby. Okay, let's see. Hmm. Well, I think that, that PETA is just absolutely perfect. I think he is the perfect partner for her up until Mockingjay when yep. he gets traumatized. Yeah. And then it is just... So absolutely devastating, and they rushed the epilogue. Would I still have wanted them to end up down the line? Yes. Would I have wanted to be told that they ended up down the line? No. I wanted to just kind of imagine and hope. Yeah, I think you make a really interesting point. And again, this is something we talked about with Ryan and Brooke in last week's episode, where sometimes things in these, you know, fictional worlds are best left to the imagination. And we don't need answers. Yeah. Uh, because that's really how I felt at the end of Mockingjay, where it's just like, I don't care if she who she ends up with. I wanted, I wanted just a hint. I wanted her doing her day and maybe a hint that she was like, and on the way I had gotten into a routine. I stopped yeah. by and dropped off bread at Pita's yeah. or something. Um but you don't you don't gotta be married. I just yeah. want them I wanted them to be working it out. I didn't want them to be force fed to me. I wanted it to seem like they're at a page where it's like they're healthy together. Yeah, I would have loved it if it was a place where they were like, Oh, we're helping each other. I'm still team PETA. I just didn't like how the end was written. Yeah, and I was team Gale in high school. I think because Why were you team Gale in high school? Because I liked that they had history in their relationship and friendship and I always mm-hmm. felt like Katniss showed her um more personality around him yeah. because everything with PETA was survival and that creates that trauma bond. But everything with Gail is when she's really like having fun and being herself. And I think that's what I was always drawn to in high school. I can never see her opening up to him though. Well, and exactly. But like, it's like, I don't really see her having fun with PETA. 
Mm. And it's like, it's the, the double-edged sword. And that's why it's like, after reading this, I was suddenly just like, she shouldn't be with either of them. Mm. Because I feel like they're each a half of what somebody needs in a partner. Yeah. Where, like, Katniss can, you know, rely on Gail to go on adventures with her. And so that, I've talked about this, where it's like, Gail is very much that, you know, spontaneous, very lust, very um, oh, yeah. childlike love, where it's just kind of like, yeah, we get along and we have fun together and everything's cool and great when we're around each other. And Peta's very much that, like, long-term, stable, uh, stable yeah. like, kind of love that isn't very romantic. Mm. Uh, it doesn't really sweep you off your feet, but it's I think reliable. It was more romantic than lust. I think Gail is lust. Well, I think see, that he is like romance. Because everything with Katniss and Peto is also so fabricated that it's like there was never any real romance with them. It was always that relying on each other, you know? Yeah. And I think for me reading it in high school, I always was just like, clearly she doesn't like this person. She's just pretending. There would be some moments, like when they kissed in Catching Fire and he had given her the locket of the photo of Gail and Prim, I thought that was, like, a genuine kiss because I think she did get there. There were moments that she, like, you could tell that she was, like, letting her guard down. Mm. Um, I think with both of them because, like, yeah. there's times when she's with Peta, she's thinking about Gail. There's times when she's with Gail, she's thinking about Peta. Yeah. And Homegirl just doesn't know what she wants. Yeah. Yeah. She really doesn't. And, yeah, and I, I, I will say it, it was a, it was a, honestly an interesting love triangle. It's still a good love triangle to debate to this day because there is endless points and things to make, even though we don't spend that much time with either of them in the books. Like, a lot of Katniss's adventure is herself. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Yeah. You still, you, I, I, I don't think she could have been with anyone besides PETA. I just didn't want it so hit on the head. Uh, yeah, and it's like, I think it makes sense why they, like, ended up together, sure, because yeah. it's like, I completely agree that after everything she went through, Gail was never going to be a good partner for her, because Peter's the only one that knows what she's been through. Gail also turning out being a cop was way uh, too big of a turn for me. Yeah. He fucking He was such a rebel, yeah, and it's like, I really hated that end for him, too. And then you're what, going to be the person who enforces the law? Gross. No. Not I, at all. I did not see You're that a rebel through and through. Like, yeah, it just felt like she created these rich characters and really copped out at the end. Yeah. Um, which sucked, which really was a bummer. It also sucked that Katniss's mom could never provide her comfort. Yeah. That's a really that hard place too. to be. Yeah, because I feel like Katniss's relationship with her mom, I think, is the most fleshed out parental relationship we've seen in any of the series we've done. Yeah. Even though we don't see her mom a lot. Yeah. I mean, because it's like, what, in private she had mommy issues, but, like, suddenly, like, those were gone. Oh, yeah, and yeah. Then, and then we also found out that her, her dad wasn't her real dad, and then it was, like, fine. Um, private was wild. Private was... That, that was a trip. What a great season. That was um, a fever dream. But then in Ugly, she doesn't really have parents. We see them briefly in the first book. Like, what... Like, Sal and Olivia or something. I forget oh, their yeah, names. Oh, yeah. Because don't, don't they technically, like, not have parents? Yeah, they, like, they, like go get parents? shipped off to school. And then in... Ugly's was wild. Because they're, like, created. Remember, David was yeah. the only one who was, like, naturally born. Yeah. Which also, like, it made me think that, like, in Ugly's especially, and I think I might have said this, where it sounds like suddenly, like, a test tube baby is made, and then it just, like, shows up at, like, a couple's house. And it's like, great, yeah. this is your baby. Yeah. That's what it feels like. That's wild. 
Um, and then obviously in the click, like Massey's parents are just like, Here, rich, we're rich, we're rich, and then they're like, oh, we're poor. Just kidding, we're rich again. But no, this is a very interesting dynamic where yeah. Katniss has to take care of her mom. Yeah, and that's hard when you're you're a kid. You it's know? hard when you're a kid, and it's also hard to go off to you die need with your parents. <laughs> like shit, if I had to take care of my mom. I mean, emotionally, sometimes I do, but she's, she, that bitch is on her own. Yeah. At 60, I ain't gonna fix you. Dang. No. Someone else will. Someone else will. Yeah. Hey, if you can't fix yourself, I can't fix you, you know? I can't fix you. Um, who would you say is, I don't know how I want to phrase this. I want to feel like, like, who are our favorite characters in this world? Because there is a lot. Ugh. I always liked Joanna. Yeah. Joanna was always a favorite, mostly because she's really mean and talks like a lesbian. But I, I, I like, I always wanted to be her when I was younger, yeah. which was just like alone and has no one, but just like very strong and angry. But how do you feel reading that now, realizing that Joanna isn't as strong as she portrays herself? I mean, I think that that makes her one of the most unique characters yeah. for sure. Because you know that the people who put it on the most have probably, like, the worst yeah. background and aren't the softest people. Well, and, like, that also raises the point. This this series is really, like, a book of coping mechanisms because everybody is traumatized as fuck. I know. Like, Finnick is the softest boy. Yeah, and then it's like we realize, like, all the shit he's been through and it's just, like, he's just trying... Everybody's just trying to get by he in Hunger Games World. He just has to be charismatic. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and it's like, of course, like, Annie is kind of losing her mind and doesn't like loud noises. And, of course, Hamish drinks. And, of yeah. course, like, and it does make sense that Katniss's mom is desolate to the world because she went through, you know giving up everything to marry somebody who ended up dying and suddenly she's alone with two kids. It is kind of crazy that I feel like I like Katniss had no room to develop a coping mechanism because she was just thrown in yeah. consistently into shit. Yeah, well, and then it's like her coping mechanism almost becomes like not indifference is what I'm trying yeah. to say. Like she doesn't really form thoughts or opinions on things. Like all she knows is like, Hunt for food, care for family. Yeah, which is why I always thought she needed PETA. She needs someone to work through her emotions for her. Yeah. She can't fucking do it. Like, when she was telling him the story in the cave of Prim and buying a goat for her that was, like, almost dying, and she was like, whatever, though. I mean, the goat would come in handy someday if I needed to sell it. And he was like, right, because it's a story about that, not, like, how you made your sister happy. Yeah. I think someone needed to be that soft side of her. Yeah, I will. I, I stand by it now. I don't think Katniss needed to wind up with anybody. I just think she needed a support system. And I think she was like, could have had that with just like having Hamish and Greasy Say and Peter around. Hamish didn't give her too much that often, though. I know, but he was there. And like, that was the thing. It's like, she needed people to be there. And it's like, Hamish did look out for her. And like, they yeah. did have such an understanding because they were so similar. Mm-hmm. So like, I feel like I would have preferred if this epilogue was like, her just like having that, you know, system of people, support system of people who are now providing for her, yeah. Rather than her having to provide for everybody else, and I feel like that's kind of we kind of got it. But then we have this like weird epilogue where she's like, "I had kids despite talking about how I would never do that." Yeah. What do you think made these books so popular when we were younger? Because this is not a unique story. We had Battle Royale. We've had the Hunger Games told in a million different forms. Yeah. What about this one specifically? I think maybe for me it was how descriptive and how visual it was. Yeah. But what do you think made this popular? That's a really great question. Because, like, you, I completely agree. Like, the story of, like, a battle to the death has been told 
hundreds of times. Yeah. Um, but I think something about I, I will say I feel like the love triangle um made oh. it popular like yeah. universally. But for me, I think the thing that made it just so captivating was it was such a good pace. Yes. Like, I, I ripped through, I read the first book in a day because I was just like, this is just so good and I can't put it down. There's something so, she does really well in the, the first two books, especially of like timing things out and knowing where to spend lots of time and knowing what the like what needs to be just a moment set on a page. Yeah. And it's sad that we really do get rid of that pacing in books three and four this prequel yeah because it's just like that was what made people gravitate toward this book it was a book about you know every young adult book is about a girl that's not like the other girls and she's thrown into this situation (laughs) whether it's the click book whether it's private whether it's ugly whether it's this it's a girl that's you know normal for all other purposes or not like the other girls yeah um and you know she's not the prettiest but she's pretty smart or something like that definitely the pacing fleshing out the characters the dialogue between characters was so good yeah she created such a rich rich characters that i wanted to always know more about like the end of the first book when Peta is realizing the devastation of like she does not reciprocate those feelings yeah i could feel her anxiety of being like shit, I really upset someone that I do care about and I don't know what capacity and yet, but, like, this was a really high-stakes situation and I didn't know what to do in it and him being, like, you didn't feel this way and the scene of her just, him, like, slowly taking his hand away, I think sat with me so much then and now. Like, that last line of, like, and I can feel myself losing the the boy with the bread slipping away – it's so, so good. good and so poetic. Yeah, and it's like it does such a like these characters are so good. Oh, I can't, I can't, I could talk about it for again days and days and days. Like all of these exchanges, and there's so many of these good moments that make you feel things. Yeah, like in like Katniss's moment in the arena where she's on the circle and she's waiting for like the countdown. Yeah. And she's suddenly like losing focus because she's so anxious. Like you can feel that of how there's no audio and she's trying to just make sense of her surroundings and look Mm -hmm. for PETA. And that moment when he shakes his head and she scrambles off because she's so pissed that he made her miss the gong. So now she's behind everybody. It's like, it's just so real. I also think it was so good because Katniss is so self-reliant. And I think more than anything pushes that and pushes the narrative of, like, strong women. And that's really important for young kids to hear. But she also doesn't... I don't think she downplays when she needs other people. Yeah, She, unlike other protagonists we've met who maybe when they reach out to their friends it's superficial or it's like a means to an end... She seeks genuine comfort and connection with everyone in these. Even in the times when she does it alone, people want to be there for her. And more than that, she gives people a reason to want to be there for her. Yeah. Like, this is a protagonist that young women could actually look up to. Yeah, exactly. I I think that's such a valid point, and that's so true, because, like, Katniss is such a three-dimensional, well-rounded character. Yeah, and, like, I mean, we can be disappointed that she ended up with someone in the end, but it never felt like it was, like, oh, a woman has to be with a man in the end. Yeah. Sometimes I can get that. But it just, her and Peta had, like, a very genuine connection that in the time of love triangles, like, fucking, the only other one that this was always up against was Edward and Jacob. These are two 
stable guys. Yeah. Like, they are they are okay, and she also sets boundaries when they talk to her in ways that she should not be talked to. Exactly, yeah. She really does stand up for herself in every single way whenever she can. And when she realizes that she fucked up in a way that she stood up for herself by, like, phrasing it wrong or somehow attacking somebody, she's aware of it. Yeah. It's, like, it's so good, I think, for teenage girls to see that, like, somebody not only setting boundaries, but also, like, recognizing when they fucked up with somebody. Yes. Like, because she realizes that with Peter, like, early on, just being like, yeah, like, I understand why he's mad at me. And when we're given the same with the private series, Josh and Thomas, same with Massey and Derek, not even, I mean, that's seventh grade. That's a seventh grade. Gosh. You could argue, like, him not prioritizing her. To see someone be like, no, I know my worth, and I'm going to carve it out, Yeah, is very nice. I get I get a lot of people wanted her to end up by herself, but I think it did such a better thing by her seeking out comfort yeah. from people and putting her foot down if anything was ever turning abusive. Whereas yeah. so many other books during this time would just let abuse slide, and then we were like fist-fed that narrative. Yeah, we're fist-fed the I can fix him vibe and like I really liked I think the best thing that Katniss is uh the best thing about Katniss and the way she's different from them is she is actively not concerned about boys no even when people ask her to be concerned about boys she's like no yes literally no she's like why is this what I have to worry about why like there's a war going on everybody like it's so great to see a protagonist in a young adult world be like I don't know I don't know. I don't know. And I don't know when I'm going to figure it out. Yeah. And like, and instead of like a whiny way of like, well, I have to pick one of them. She's like, I don't, I don't, I don't, I am broken inside because of all these other things. She's also, when she's overwhelmed, I mean, she kind of like hangs out by herself and tries to figure it out. Yeah. That's self-care, baby. That's self-care. Yeah. Katniss is self-care in, in, you know, in the face of it all, in the face of the 75th and the 76th and the 74th Hunger Games, Katniss is... What can't she do? You know? That's fair. Um, yeah. True. She's a great, she's just a great character. It will be sad to move on from her because these were books that are legitimately timeless books. Yeah. You know, and I did feel that about Uglies too. It's like I had so much fun rereading Uglies and there was parts in those books that we were like, okay, this didn't seem necessary. But like these yeah. books especially, it was, like, I had such a blast rereading them. Like, I was so excited to, like, just, like, sit down for a few hours each night and just, like, read. It's kind of the scary thing, too, them being timeless, because things don't change sometimes, and a lot of this yeah. is about how, I mean, Pan Am and the capital and the districts, they're all, like, occupied police states. Yeah. And as we move through time, I mean, like, we have access to more information now, mm-hmm. so we know what's going on in the news. And, you know, things things don't get better. And people will make jokes about, like, apocalypse or having a dystopian future. But, like, like, so you, these are, like, very good at being formulaic in that you can always return to them. Yeah. For comfort if you're, like, afraid or need Mm -hmm. inspiration. Yeah, exactly. Like, this, I feel like reading, like, this book almost, like, made, did you feel, like, more creative reading these books? Because it was such, like, a built-out world and such a fleshed-out character's. Yes, it was so nice reading them. Yeah. Especially, like, now we're getting into spring, kind of. It's, like, 60 degrees out. Yeah. But you can just visualize a world and also escape yours whenever. Yeah, like, this book really, I feel like, was able to just, like, whisk us off into the world of Wonder Games. 
Exactly. Yeah. I loved it. Yeah, I like, I had a great time. This was an awesome season. I also love that the map, it was, like, of North America, because then I could easily yeah. picture. What do you think? I have been wondering this the whole time we have been reading. What do you think is happening in other regions? The rest of the world? world? I was I started thinking that like halfway through Ballads of Songbirds uh, and Snakes. Too long of a title. I will say that hands down. Too I long. I forget. And they're both S's. Yeah. Just okay, Game of Thrones. Like you already exist. Go home. Yes. Um, but I was started thinking about that as we were reading this book, where I was like, um, yeah, what about the rest of the world? Does like just not exist? Is there Hunger Games Europe edition? I mean, District 13 was all nuclear. Did they bomb everything? Yeah. Also, it kind of seems like District 13 was maybe in Canada. Yeah. So, so there is, the rest of the world does exist. Yeah, or at least part, part of Canada does. That's where District 13 is. I kind of assumed that maybe this line of control is happening in other areas. Like, Europe yeah. has their own little capital. Um Africa does, but I think that, like, maybe Africa's was, like, outsourced from America, and, like, America occupies, like, a lot of different states, or the capital. Like, I think they have control in other regions. Yeah. I would say. Yeah. But then why aren't they sending their kids? Do they have their own regional I was just gonna say, they have the voice in plenty of countries. Maybe they have the Hunger Games. Hunger Games Australia, or Hunger Games Europe. That would be kind of nice if she ever, um, like told us if that was a thing because that was what I was wondering is what is happening in the rest of the world yeah honestly like I would have loved if that was the prequel there are so many things I would have rather the prequel had been yeah but um we obviously didn't didn't get it could you imagine like some kid growing up just got access to a tv in a different part of the world and he sees the dark days um war happening and like the capital falls and things like that and then like, that's, that's the story. I don't know where it would go, but, like, yeah. he's, like, seeing this war Yeah, abroad. or, like, if there's, like, yeah, a kid in, like, maybe the Hunger Games don't exist in the rest of the world, so it's, like, a kid in France, and he's just, like, watching the Hunger Games unfold, and, like, the reality of, like, this place is so... She could have really gotten into immigration problems if she did Dang. shit like that. Because yeah. imagine that. Like, imagine they're, like, I want to go, and I want to, like, help, or, like, I want to go get citizenship yeah. over there to, and like, can. aid. And then you do, and you're stuck. Yeah. Or something. Or you can't. Yeah. Dang. That would have been pretty crazy. There's the, the thing is, is like, yeah, this we talked about this in one, I think, episode, like, two or something, or, like, book two, where there's such a big world to explore. Yeah. And it does make me sad that she just explored the two things we've already done in depth. Like, the Capitol and District 12, we got it. Yeah. Like, why would why do we need to dive in further? Like, there was no part of me at the end of Mockingjay being like... But what about District 12 60 years ago? The characters are great. The world is what is incredible to Yeah, me. exactly. Oh, yeah. That's like, what we always talk about. What district do you want to be in? Yeah. What do you What do you want to do for your job? Like, we imagine yeah. ourselves in this world. We yeah. We want to be a part of it. Exactly. And, like, Ballad didn't do it for me. First three books, stellar. Yeah. Hands down, chef's kiss, 10 out of 10. I agree. Would recommend. Would hand these off to somebody else to read. For sure. Um, I have something I want to add to our wrap up. Let's do it. I think since we recently started doing Canceled Character of the Week, I think we need to do Canceled Character of the Series. Oh my God. And I also want to counter with a justice for category because we need to pick one character that didn't get their justice at the end that we really think they were done dirty. We're probably going to agree on it, right? Uh, Yeah. 
We were going to say Finnick. Finnick. Yeah. Yep. And there's lots of people that I was like, you know, I could make the argument that, like, Bonnie and Twill, justice for them because we were introduced to them for, like, ten pages in, what, book two? And they yeah. they just fell off. We could say justice for Prim because she was bombed. Yeah. But I think we, we got I, none of her. I think we would both agree justice for Finnick. Kill um, Gale. Kill Gale. Yeah, kill Gail. I think I think at that point, like I could have done without. It would have been heartbreaking, but I was so I much more honestly, to Nick. like I think that would have been a really great way to end the love triangle. <gasps> yeah, because it's because then you wouldn't have been dissatisfied. You would have been like, well, the choice. Yeah, is gone. exactly. It would have just been like she, because it's like it would have made sense. Hear me out, because she talks about so much being like losing the the what they had and how they were. <gasps> yes, and like to have that actually ripped away from her. Then you could see how much he mattered to her. Yeah, exactly. And it's like, she'll never get to explore that. And she talks about that, like, I'm so different. I never got to explore what that world would have been like if we'd gotten together. And then to have it, like, physically taken away from her. Are you kidding me? That would have been nuts. That would have been such a, I think, good ending. Yeah. Kill your darlings. That's what they Kill say. Kill your darlings. And she was like... She took that and said, Finnick, Finnick, my darling. And we were like, no, wrong darling. Wrong no, darling. wrong darling. Wrong I darling. also, I think if she also had killed, uh, like, not in addition, but instead of maybe if she killed Hamish, I think that could have been an interesting thing. You have he, said that. Because he becomes like a father figure to Katniss, and Katniss and Hamish have such an unspoken bond. Yeah. And such an understanding towards each other that, that I been think devastating. it would have been devastating. I think that would have been such an interesting thing to explore as well. Just yeah. given like it's a it's a book about war. Like you lose your loved ones. You do. So it it it, it did the ones that they gave us in the end that they killed Prim and Finnick were not satisfying because no. I didn't really care about Prim. I cared way too much about Finnick. Exactly, and it's like we care about Finnick in a way that it's just like he's just so nice and he just loves Annie. It's yeah. like we don't care about him for like major substance. You could keep Prim in and then substitute it. I'm telling you for Gail because I Gail yeah. and Hamish is too much. Yeah, Gail and you have to much. do one or the other. One or the other. But I think if you swapped the Hamish and Prim's death for Gail or Hamish, the ending would have hurt, but in like the best way. Yes. Like, oh, are you kidding me? Yes, that would have been gut-wrenching. It did seem, you know, it is good that you bring up that she kind of was indicating that it's like things weren't really between them. Like, it never could be. It always what if. Yeah, she was exploring that a lot. That would have been, that would have been the most concise thing to do is kill Gail. Yeah. God, I really hope there was a draft at some point in Susan Collins' like writing that was like really considering it and like I really hope a publisher like shot her down uh because it's just like god how uh I love that as our hot take of the day yeah the Gail should have died I think that's great okay so we did the justice we did the justice for which is the nice category fun we we all agree justice for Finn. cancel carrier the character in the series is pretty hard it's pretty like, hard because Snow is the easy, obvious answer, but I want it. I want a more. But we gotta dive. Deep we answer. gotta dive in because you know it's like we could say Seneca Crane, but he did. He kind of got his his comeuppance when he was murdered. Um, we could say we could argue even like Flutarch because like while he was head game maker, kind of like manning the revolution, he was kind of putsy. I truly and you know what? Maybe this is my issue speaking up. 
I kind of think if it's not going to be snow or coin, the obvious answer is that's what you guys want. We get it. Yeah. I think cancel character of the series would be her mom. Wow. I don't think she offered her any fucking comfort and she you send your daughter off to the hunger games and you don't create any sort of environment for safety or yeah comfort when she comes home that's really fucked up would a counter for canceled character of the series be Peta's mom <laughs> oh, yeah she sucked <laughs> she sucked she was a brief character but boy that boy had mommy issues because of all of her abusive tactics yeah Peta's family definitely canceled like well, his no dad one... was sweet oh his dad was sweet his dad was really sweet uh, justice for Peta's dad too um, fuck his brothers for not well i mean I, I guess you know to each their own would i volunteer for my sister in the hunger games i don't are you mad that you ask yourself that question <laughs> If she ever hears this, I don't know. Well, you're the younger, you're the younger sibling, so she would be the one having to volunteer for you. I know, and at that point, I'm would would she do that for you? Yeah, yes, obviously, yes, exactly. Kelly Kelly's very. But captain. I'm the baby. I'm used to being taken care exactly. of. Exactly, you're gonna die in a bomb attack. I wouldn't volunteer for my brother. <laughs> <laughs> Hands down. He's never gonna find this. Like whatever. <laughs> uh, I don't know if my well, my brothers couldn't. We couldn't volunteer for each other. Oh, that's true. Because well, that's damn it, I just outed myself with like the worst thing you could say. <laughs> Why and I'm not speak? editing it out. I'm Why not editing it out. No, keep it in there. It's fine. Like whatever. Um, this is all hypotheticals anyway. We don't have in common anyways. Our what our district makes. We're like ten years apart. Yeah, he's fine. He probably would have been outside of the the the, the pickings after oh, the that fact is anyway. True. Uh, this is all hypotheticals. Everybody. Him and my sister would have been. I would have been on. My I own. dare your brother if he's listening to this podcast right now to give us five stars <laughs> or to give us an uh an a correct rating that he seeks fit because i know that he's not listening to this episode Can you imagine a one star pop-up and be like one of the hosts said they wanted me dead yeah <laughs> and we're related <laughs> <laughs> maybe one day um god who canceled character of this series it's really hard I'm thinking, like, I'm really, like, trying to go through the the cast of characters. I do think I'm going to stand by her mom. I do think her mom did not do a good job being a mom. And parents can deeply, yeah. no matter who she interacts with in the Capitol, that's going to be a fucked up person. No one's going to fuck her up more deeply than her parents. Yeah. Because it's like, you could try to argue, like, any of the Capitol people, but it's like, they're all pawns and they're all pretty similar. Yeah. I was going to say, like, because you could maybe do, like, Effie, because she's such a pro- product and opponent but yeah. that just doesn't really make sense because so many people are industry baby industry baby i think yeah i think i'll second that because obvious the obvious choice would be snow or coin but we're not gonna, we're not gonna do, do that. that that's too easy that's too easy and we already picked the easy one for our justice for character yes so i will agree i think her mom does have to be the canceled character because it's like they kind of mend their relationship towards the end but it just does feel like katniss really needed a parent yeah. And, like, the fact that Katniss had to grow up so quickly in a district, like, District 12, that's a hard, that no wonder Katniss is the way she's it. She yeah. is. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, it's like, yeah, I get losing your spouse, traumatizing, hard, hard to be a single parent, but you gotta... You gotta pull it together. You gotta pull it together, even if you're, you're smiling through the pain sometimes. Yeah. Because we've all been there. We've all had to be in those, like, really just harsh moments and holding it together because somebody has to. Yeah. And I really wish her mom could have done that. I wish so too. 
Dang. Well, I feel like we're nearing the end we of... We really are. ...our thoughts, which is a huge bummer, because I could talk about this well, and like we, We've talked about this. It's like, this is such a rich series, and it's I feel like that's why our episodes got so long this season, because there's just so much to like talk about. Yeah, that and is And there true. really is, but we got to stop talking at some point, because... We have a new series we're going to introduce what we're doing for next season. Our fifth season. Isn't that nuts? That's crazy. We've been doing this for two years? Almost two years. Yeah, end of the summer it'll be about two years. Wow. Wow. That's nuts. And listeners, we hate to tell you, we're going to take a little break. Um, yes. Before this next season. Only two weeks. Only, Only two, two weeks. weeks. Our next episode will be coming out April 6th. Our brand spanking new season. Yep. And our brand new series is, should we say it together? Yeah, let's say it. Okay, ready? Our brand new, new series, series is The Vampire, Vampire Diaries. Wow, doing a, a pretty big 180 from post-apocalyptic dystopian worlds. Yeah, we were doing dystopian, and then we would do like, hot girl yeah, series. Yeah, chiclet, yeah. Dystopian. So we were like, we gotta get into some fantasy. We do, because fantasy also fucking dominated. Exactly. Like, the, 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 the trifecta of young adult series are... Pretty Girl series, dystopian series, and fantasy series. Those are the three. They're, everything falls into a, 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 a category of that. And I'm making that into a graphic. That's oh, true. that's a really good uh, idea for a graphic. Yeah. Um, hell yeah. I'm really excited. Uh, this series is going to be really interesting to explore because I think there's 14 books. The first four hung, uh, Vampire Diaries came out in the 90s, and then they continued the series, like, 10 years later. Yeah, it's going to be interesting. We think yeah. it's, some of it is ghost-written. Yeah, so we're going to do some some hard-hitting facts. We're going to do some research and present those to you guys in our findings uh, when we do the season. Yeah. It's going to be awesome. It's going to be lit. Um, I'm really excited. I am, too. Hey, Meg, I really like our podcast. Me, too. And, and we really hope that you this. guys like us, too. And if you like us... Maybe you'd give us five stars. Mm. On Apple or Spotify. Yeah, Spotify has a new rating system. That's I didn't know cool. that. I gave us five stars. I gave us five stars too. Wow. Look at us. Give us five stars. Give us five stars. Hey, you can do it. It's easy. You Every, can you do can it. Do we do believe it. in you. Um, and also, I don't know if you guys know this, but we're on Twitter and TikTok and we're slaying right now with some hot, hot Yowie Reddit content at Yowie Reddit on TikTok and Twitter. At Meggie and Laura on Instagram. That's where mm-hmm. we update literally everything. If you're in Chicago looking to find us on a show, we're there. If you're looking to find we out are. more about our web series, we're there. If you're looking to find out all the shit about this podcast, we're there we're on there. Instagram. Yeah. All yep. encompassing Meggie and Laura. And hey, you can also email us. We do do that sometimes too. We would love some emails from our fans. Um, it's at Meggie and Laura present at gmail.com. Yep. And that's it. Catch us there. Catch us there. Catch us on fire. <laughs> Did you like that? Because like the girl on, on fire. fire. That's where it was. Yeah. Wow. Um, Maggie, we did it. We did We did another season. I can't believe it. I I'm got so all proud of us. next season's books and I'm ready to go. I'm really, really ready. To this, I'm, this is probably going to take us through the summer. So it's going to be a, a vampire girl summer. It is going to be a, you've had a hot girl summer. Now get ready for vampire, vampire girl like, summer. and I are going to get fangs for the occasion. Are you really? No. Oh. <laughs> but I could get us some fangs. I was just at a costume we should store do, today. I we should do a, uh, like a vampire photo shoot for some promo. Stuff. That'd oh be my fun. fucking god, we should. Uh, I know how to actually do like like fake fangs and like you glue them onto your teeth with denture glue and it looks really cool and realistic. We should okay, do so, that. Um Laura and I are gonna have fangs for the next like five months, I guess. Yep. I'm gonna do that every day. Why not? <laughs> it's kind of 
gross and they fall out pretty easily. But love it. It looks really cool in a photo. Um, hell yeah, we did it. That's the end of the season, y'all. It is. All right. All right. Bye. Bye. You were just listening to an Audiment podcast.